This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always más. Gracias por sintonizar a Nuestra Palabra. Yo soy su servidor, Tony Díaz. Hoy día vamos a hablar acerca de cómo mantener nuestra salud y cómo evitar el coronavirus. Nos hemos unidos profundamente con el Departamento de Salud de Houston. Estamos colaborando para juntos hacer llegar importante información a nuestra comunidad. Hoy día nos acompaña Porfirio Villarreal, que es un portavoz del Departamento de Salud de Houston, que tiene muy importante información para ustedes. This is a bilingual broadcast. We'll also be celebrating and highlighting some of the cultural capital from Houston City Council Districts G and J as we provide you highlights from our Ultimate Hispanic Heritage Month campaign. The main goal there was to make it clear to everybody that every Houston City Council District is Latino. To that end, the talent is so deep in District J that it has spilled over into two nights. We also want to give a special thanks to City Councilman Edward Pollard, who joined us for both of those evenings. All that and more as we extend Hispanic Heritage Month past the confines of October 15th. Additionally, I want to thank our amazing team who donate their cultural capital to make this show happen. Rodrigo Bravo mixes every episode of Nuestra Palabra and all of our other shows. We also want to thank Roxana Guzman, who is communications director for Nuestra Palabra. Thank you so much for tuning in. Gracias por sintonizar nuestra palabra. Yo soy Tony Díaz, su servidor. Ahora vamos a enfocar en la salud de nuestra comunidad, específicamente cómo evitar el coronavirus. Para eso nos acompaña por teléfono Porfirio Villarreal, que es un portavoz para el Departamento de Salud de Houston. Bienvenido al programa, Porfirio. Gracias por invitarme, Tony. Es un placer estar contigo y tu audiencia. Gracias. Cuéntanos un poco de su papel en esta campaña tan importante. Sí, el Departamento de Salud ha lanzado las iniciativas eh, de eh, darle información al público, también dar pruebas y todo disminuir eh, el COVID-19, el coronavirus aquí en Houston. Eh, mi eh, papel es de eh, ayudar con la información a, al público. Entonces, eh, eh, yo manejo, eh, por ejemplo, eh, información para los medios de comunicación, eh, también ayudo con las campañas y también darle 
darle una asesoría a, a los diferentes programas eh, de aquí el Departamento de Salud. Eh, y como dice usted, este año ha sido casi totalmente eh, involucrando en, eh, la, en dar información a, o, o eliminar el riesgo del COVID-19. Bueno, y recientemente el Departamento de Salud de Houston ha dado buenas noticias. La tasa de positividad de Houston ha disminuido a un 5%. Díganos por qué este es un logro importante. Es un logro importante eh, bajar a 5% de positividad porque ya vi, vi, vimos en eh, meses anteriores que estábamos en un 24, 25% durante el verano. Eh, fueron meses muy pesados para, uh, para nuestra ciudad, para nuestra área. Entonces, eh, bajar eh, a un 5% indica que eh, los pasos de prevención eh, ayudaron eh, a bajar a este nivel de propagación. O sea, no está propagándose este virus eh, como lo veíamos meses antes. Y todo fue uh, por la ayuda que eh, todos eh, eh, dieron para poder bajar la tasa. Es decir, eh, la, eh, las precauciones de, de ponerse la mascarilla, de distanciarse socialmente de, de otra persona, por lo menos seis, seis pies, eh, lavarse las manos muy a menudo... Y este, también hacerse la, la prueba si fue necesario. Entonces, todos esos pasos eh, que tomó la población ayudaron a bajar eh, esta, esta tasa. Entonces, es un logro, pero no nos podemos eh, decir, bueno, ya llegamos a un 5% y estamos bien. Tenemos que seguir con esas precauciones eh, para poder mantenernos, mantenernos en 5% y mejor eh, si lo podemos bajar más que... Eh, para eliminar mucho más los riesgos, porque sabemos que todavía el virus está en nuestra comunidad, en nuestro país, en el mundo. Entonces, aquí, si eh, las personas de aquí, la área de Houston, eh, se enfocan en seguir esas precauciones, vamos a poder tener menos enfermedad, eh, menos personas eh, que se enfermen gravemente y menos personas que resulten eh, en el hospital a, a, pues a, a atenderse y, y pues es, es difícil también bien eh, lidiar con una enfermedad así. Es muy buen punto. A todo eso, ¿qué puede hacer nuestra comunidad para mantener esta tendencia a la disminución de este número? Eh, sí, es muy importante eh, seguir las precauciones. Eh, eh, por ejemplo, lo que hablábamos de, de poder ponerse la mascarilla cuando sale cualquier lugar público, si va, por ejemplo, a, al supermercado, a, a cualquier lugar público, eh, seguir con, con la, la mascarilla, porque eh, con el, la propagación de este virus eh, es más común cuando existe eh, de una persona enferma a una pe persona sana. Entonces, el contacto directo es el, el riesgo más eh, elevado. Entonces, hay que eh, seguir protegiéndonos con la mascarilla, distanciarse social, socialmente seis, seis pies con personas que no vivan en nuestra casa. Cualquier otra persona que, que sea, ya sea en el trabajo, eh, en lugar público, se tiene que hacer lavarse las manos muy a menudo, también es importante, y, y si la persona pues se eh, siente que está enferma, quedarse en casa para no eh, pues pasarle la, la esta enfermedad a otros. Eh, ahora 
eh, o, otra cosa que se puede hacer al momento es eh, irse a ponerse la vacuna de la gripe ya, eh, mm. porque la eh, el COVID-19 es muy devastador para las personas que, que tienen enfermedades de, de a plazo largo, es decir, enfermedades crónicas como eh, diabetes, enfermedad del corazón, asma. Eh, entonces, eh, y esas mismas personas son las que también son más vulnerables eh, con la gripe. Entonces, es, esos, eh, es, eh, una enfermedad puede ser devastador para una persona. Ahora, si la persona se infecta con las dos, la gripe y el COVID-19, pues eh, tiene puede ser muy devast más devastador y puede mm. la persona pues tener un peligro eh, porque se agravan todas eh, las enfermedades que, que ya tiene. Entonces, esta temporada va a ser eh, puede ser difícil para las personas que son vulnerables a la gripe y también al, al, al COVID-19. Quisiera enfocar un poco más en la mascarilla, porque yo vi que hasta el alcalde llevaba puesta una mascarilla en una conferencia de prensa el otro día. Y sabemos de uno que uno de los pasos más importantes para la seguridad es el uso de la mascarilla. ¿Cómo marca la diferencia el uso de la mascarilla? Es decir, la mascarilla pues es eh, una manera eh, de formar una barrera eh, entre el virus y la persona. Entonces, cuando por eso cuando eh, la persona sale a, 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 cual, a cualquier lugar público, a, al trabajo, a, a, por ejemplo, a un edificio, si va a, de compras, si va al supermercado, si, si tiene que hacer una eh, cualquier cosa que tenga que hacer en cualquier edificio cerrado, eh, entonces cuando una cuando hay una este, varias personas eh, en un lugar, eh, en un edificio, en un cuarto, eh, pues sube el riesgo, porque si todos eh, al hablar, eh, pues, eh, eh, o al toser, estornudar, o cantar, o en la vida normal, pues eh, salen eh, gotitas eh, respiratorias. Entonces, esas gotitas son muy pequeñas y una persona sana puede inhalarlas, entonces eh, la, la mascarilla eh, protege que esas gotitas respiratorias eh, sean respiradas por una, una persona eh, sana. Entonces, eso es la importancia eh, de, de la mascarilla eh, para poder, pues, es la mejor protección que tenemos ahorita, porque ahorita todavía no tenemos una vacuna eh, que pueda, pues, combatir el COVID-19. Usted mencionó evitar a salir. ¿Cuáles son las guías que se pueden seguir los trabajadores esenciales? Sí, es, eh, el, hay, hay cuatro pasos eh, muy importantes. Eh, eh, acabamos de mencionar eh, la mascarilla. Uh, también eh, quedarse por lo menos seis pies eh, de, otra, de otra persona que no viva con nosotros. Es decir, cuando sale de su casa, eh, cuando va a trabajar, eh, pues es importante usar una mascarilla. Eh, si está eh, en su trabajo, ya sea eh, al aire libre o sea eh, en, en un edificio, una oficina, un cuarto grande, pues eh, se debe de usar eh, eh, esa, esa mascarilla. También eh, el, eh, pues... Eh, lavarse las manos muy a menudo al, to 
tocar cualquier superficie eh, es importante, porque si es un poco menos como una de transmisión cuando se toca un, algún objeto, eh, pero el riesgo es de que la persona eh, pues toque un eh, of, eh, una superficie eh, afectada y se lleve esa mano, por ejemplo, a, a los ojos, a la boca. Entonces puede haber una transmisión, no tanto como eh, el contacto directo con otra persona, pero sí hay cierto riesgo. Eh, también el distanciamiento social, los, los seis pies. Y también eh, pues eh, hay que acordarse de, de pues eh, hacerse la prueba. Eh, las pruebas ahorita eh, las, las propone varias organizaciones, incluyendo el Departamento de Salud. Entonces tenemos cada semana el Departamento de Salud anuncia más de 24 eh, pues, lugares donde se puede obtener eh, pues esa prueba para el COVID-19 gratuitamente. Eh, es gratis para cualquier persona, no importa eh, su estado migratorio, no importa eh, si tiene ciudadanía o no. Eh, 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 lo importante es de saber eh, eh, que si la persona eh, pues tiene la enfermedad, porque una 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 enfermedad, una persona infectada puede convertirse en 5, 10, 15, 20 más personas eh, infectadas. Wow. Entonces hay, hay que eh, hay que eliminar el riesgo de que surja un brote o que vuelvan a subir eh, los números de personas uh, infectadas en nuestra ciudad. Y lo importante de eso es de que no nada más se protege la persona, pero también vamos a proteger eh, los hospitales, las clínicas, porque cada invierno vemos que suben, por ejemplo, las personas que, que van a, a, al hospital eh, por la gripe. Entonces, si, si, si suben los números por la gripe y si sube eh, el, el número de, de personas que tienen que ir por COVID-19 a los hospitales, eh, pues eh, se va a ser una demanda muy grande o puede ser muy grande y tal vez el hospital no pueda atender a todos o los hospitales no puedan atender a todos los pacientes como lo hacemos eh, todo, todos los años en el invierno cuando suben las enfermedades respiratorias. Pero qué buena información, porque estos pasos no cuestan dinero, pero parece que sí cuestan disciplina más que nada, ¿no? Así es, hay que acordarse y es y es difícil, eh, pues a veces eh, se le olvida a uno hoy oh, se, se me olvidó la gel desinfectante, eh, no me estoy aquí en un lugar público y se me olvidó eh, en el, en el en el auto, se me olvidó en mi casa, entonces acordarse o, o sale uno de su oficina y dice, ay, ya se me olvidó eh, eh, mi, mm. mi mascarilla, voy a ir, voy a, a comer al mediodía y sale de su oficina y se olvida, oh, se tiene que regresar. Entonces es es una manera de cambiar nuestro nuestra vida. Entonces este sí hay que acordarse y es, y es difícil porque tenemos ya eh, la mayoría del año pues tratando de, de recordar a las personas haciendo campañas para para esos cuatro pasos muy importante entonces a veces sí pues se cansa de como cualquier persona o cualquier eh, población se cansa de oír el, lo mismo la protección 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 eh, pero sí es importante para poder pues eh, salvar las personas porque sí eh, ocurren eh, muertes por el covid 19 y yo creo que la otra tentación es que a las familias hispanas les encanta reunirse, ¿no? ¿Es una costumbre que deben evitar o cuál recomiendas si se reúnen? ¿Qué recomienda usted si se reúne? 
Eh, pues sí, eh, es, es eh, como dices, es muy eh, importante para las familias hispanas reunirse. Estamos eh, acostumbrados a las reuniones, a las fiestas, estar con la familia, estar con los amigos y, y a parte de eso ya vienen las las, las fiestas eh, por ejemplo ya viene el día de acción de gracias mm. eh, <risa> los días de los el día de los el día de los muertos el Halloween mm. en las eh, en diciembre con las eh, fiestas decembrinas, entonces eh, va a ser difícil, pero hay que lo, lo que se puede hacer es hacer un plan, eh, por ejemplo eh, cada familia es diferente, por, eh, es decir u, tal vez una familia eh, sea eh, todos estén buen, que tiene todas las personas tienen eh, buena salud, pero hay otras familias donde existe por ejemplo una persona con eh, diabetes, enfermedad del corazón, eh, asma, otras eh, cáncer, eh, otro tipo de enfermedades a largo plazo. Entonces es, cada familia tiene que decidir cuál va a ser el plan. Por ejemplo, va a haber familias que eh, se van a solo se van a reunir o van a hacer fiestas en, 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 en su casa. Eh, hay otras personas, otras familias que van a poder decir, ok, voy a en vez de ir a visitar a, a tres de, eh, de mis hermanos y sus familias, voy a, nada más voy a ir a una a visitar una esta 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 Navidad o esta acción de gracias. Eh, vamos a poder tener que decidir eh, si el plan incluye eh, limitar el número de personas. Si tal, si tal vez la persona pues organice una fiesta, una reunión, entonces oh no voy a invitar a los 20 personas que todos los años invito, voy a limitar nada más a, a, a cinco personas más que mi familia, o sea, mi familia y otras cinco personas. Entonces, eh, cada familia es, es, eh, tiene que hacer su plan diferente dependiendo cuánto cuánto pues eh, eh, cuánto sea el riesgo una familia sana pues a lo mejor se siente más confortable yendo a un lugar público a una reunión eh, y otra familia dirá no pues eh, tengo un familiar que tiene enfermedad mm, del corazón entonces vamos a quedarnos nada más nosotros en casa entonces hay que hacer ese ese plan Qué bueno algo orgánico inteligente y sano no muy muy buenas ideas y y para el próximo paso, ¿con cuánta frecuencia las familias, con cuánta frecuencia las personas deberían hacerse la prueba? ¿Y en qué parte de Houston pueden hacerse la prueba para detectar la COVID-19 que usted mencionó anterior? Eh, eh, sí, eh, cualquier persona eh, que no se haya eh, hecho la prueba eh, durante todo este año eh, se, se la puede hacer, eh, especialmente si, por ejemplo, si empieza a tener síntomas, eh, si pues tiene esa eh, tos, debilidad, eh, cansancio, eh, pues eh, dificultad al respirar, eh, cualquiera de esos síntomas, pues es importante eh, hacerse la prueba para saber, eh, tengo el COVID-19 o no, es, es otra cosa lo que tengo. Entonces, esas personas, mm. eh, si tienen cualquier duda, pueden... Eh, hacerse la prueba no hay un no hay un límite porque cada cada día que está uno expuesto a otras personas pues sube el riesgo porque el contacto es de una persona a otra 
Entonces, eh, la, afortunadamente, ahorita tenemos eh, mucha capacidad. Por ejemplo, eh, tenemos de esos 24 sitios alrededor de Houston eh, que se puede hacer la prueba. Entonces, eh, la persona puede llamar al eh, 832-393-4220 o ir a la página web, a la página web, al internet, eh, Houston Emergency punto org eh, y ahí encontrará información de los eh, dónde se puede hacer la prueba y más información entonces ahí se puede encontrar un mapa donde diga eh, cuál es eh, el lugar más cercano eh, o llamar a, al centro de llamadas a ese número 832-393-4220 para, para que le digan este lugar está más cercano. Y no nada más en Houston, pero en el área se le puede indicar eh, eh, cuál eh, lugar, eh, qué sitio de pruebas es, es, el, es el más cercano. Porque sí, ten, el Departamento de Salud ofrece pruebas, pero también tenemos otras organizaciones que son nuestros eh, socios que también ofrecen la, la prueba. Qué bueno. Y proporciona el Departamento de Salud de Houston ayuda para la gente que siga las guías de seguridad, pero que están ya comenzando a sentirse el desgaste mental por todo el estrés que genera esta nueva situación o hasta por el hecho de estar solos sin poder visitar la familia y amigos. Eh, eh, sí, eh, el, eh, este mes lanzamos una iniciativa eh, donde estamos dando apoyo a la salud mental. Entonces, eh, lanzamos este programa. Eh, hay una manera de... Eh, tenemos una línea telefónica que es la manera de entrada um, y el número es 713-999-9442. Repito, 713-999-9442. 9442. Entonces, es la manera de que si alguna persona, por ejemplo, se siente que tiene eh, pues eh, una ansiedad, tiene pues está cansado, tiene eh, parece que no puede eh, seguir con la vida diaria, la vida cotidiana, eh, si tiene eh, presiones o tal vez como dices tú, Tony, que se siente muy aislado, que tiene que hablar con otra persona, eh, tal vez sería, sea la eh, la, la ansiedad porque o la presión de que perdió su trabajo y, y no no tiene manera de de, de pues de tener un re, más recursos entonces eh, puede llamar o tal vez sea otra persona por ejemplo que si sí tiene el trabajo pero tiene demasiado trabajo por el COVID-19, cambió su, su papel en el trabajo y ya se siente muy eh, pues con mucho, muy estresado, eh, con problemas, no sabe cómo adaptarse a esta a esta nueva situación eh, por el COVID-19, puede hablar a ese número, entonces ya se le va a dar um, ayuda para, para pues con sus necesidades de salud mental. Y por favor, de esos sitios web otra vez que gente puede visitar y también esos números para que la gente sintonizando sepan que si, si tienen unas preguntas pueden llamar y obtener más información porque yo creo que es importante que se, se pueden saber dónde ir y tomar más información para tener una vida sana. Eh, sí, eh, es muy importante. El Departamento de Salud creó eh, un el centro de llamadas. El número es 
4220 y tenemos eh, operadores bilingües eh, eh, incluso son cinco idiomas que hablan eh, entonces pueden llamar ahí les pueden dar toda la información eh, dónde están las pruebas y también eh, si tienen cualquier duda por ejemplo sobre eh, el este COVID-19 cualquier información que no entienda de esta enfermedad se la pueden dar eh, eh, tenemos personas que que a eso se dedican. Ahora, si la persona prefiere ir al internet, eh, puede ir al um, HoustonEmergency.org que ahí se, se va a la sección donde dice COVID-19 y eh, puede encontrar eh, información, citas, eh, también estadísticas de cuántas personas han sido afectadas aquí en Houston, otras, otra información de otros recursos, entonces eso es importante. Ahora, la, 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 el número para, por ejemplo, la, la salud mental es el 713-999-9442. ¡Qué buena información! Muchas gracias. Estábamos hablando con Porfirio Villarreal del Departamento de Salud de Houston. Muchas gracias.
Happy Ultimate Hispanic Heritage Month. We appreciate you joining us today as we continue celebrating Latino culture, history, and arte throughout Houston in every single city council district because we want you to remember every Houston city council district is Latino. Today we have a great show for you. We're going to be celebrating the cultura in District G and District J. And in fact, District J is so big that we have to spread it over two nights. <laughs> and we're going to be welcoming City Councilman Edward Pollard in a little bit. We've had a few technical difficulties, which is par for the course, but we're going to ride through it. And we're going to introduce some of the folks who are with us right now in the queue as other folks convene. And to their surprise, hey, ¿cómo estás, María Luisa? Muy bien. Thank you for having me on. We are looking forward to your talk in a little bit. Puro uh, academic. <laughs> yeah. Give folks the title just so that they can look forward to it. I'm doing a presentation on the chosen ones. I'm going to be detailing a, a Sephardic journey from Spain to Texas of the people that eventually settled in the Rio Grande Valley. Which is exciting. And of course, this is talking a little bit about the Jewish Latino experience because there's many facets to what it means to be Latino, and we're happy to bring you all of those. And then also we were talking to Tammy, who I just surprised and put her on screen. I'm gonna take her off screen and give her a chance to come back. And there you are. <laughs> oh, I ran and came back. <laughs> Tammy. Great to see you. Well, great to see you. Thank you for having me. No, by all means, we appreciate you taking time to sit down with us. And a little later, we're gonna be celebrating what you've been doing in City Council J, because I think, it needs to be celebrated, don't you think? Yes, I, I would say. I mean, we've done and gone in great strides in, in uh, District J, and it's you know exciting what's coming up. So yes, and we want to remind folks that if you if you've ever been in discussions and people talk about Latino issues for Houston, typically they talk about City Council H and City Council I, which we have a lot of love and respect for, and they're about seventy percent Latino. However, that overlooks all the Latinos in every other city council district. So City Council G, which um, Maria Luisa is our Nuestra Palabra community representative for that district, that actually has the lowest Latino population, but even that is still 18%. So in other words, one of every five residents is Latino. So thank you for representing that. Really quickly, uh, Maria Luisa, is there enough art and culture represented across the district. By the way, I'm gonna ruin the surprise ending. Mm -hmm. No district has enough, but <laughs> there isn't, there isn't. I mean, there's no one spot that we can all gather. There is no one spot to highlight um, uh, the arts and, and culture of the Latino community, but um, it gives me enough room for my outsized personality to be in the 18%. <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic. And I'm going to welcome into the La Charlita Sandra Rodriguez, who is our Nuestra Palabra community representative for District J. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. We'll be talking to you uh, tomorrow as well, because we can't fit in all the talent from City Council J into one night. So uh, I tell yeah. you, use your overview. Tell us what it looks like on the ground there in City Council J, where we're 60%. We still need more art and cultura, no? 
Yeah, so I don't want to share too much because we still have tomorrow. And I just really wanted to stop by and just say hello to everyone and check in and support, you know, Tammy and Veronica and the rest of the artists that came by. So yes, you know, District J is 63% Latino. We have so much rich culture and diversity. And I'm just happy that it expanded to two days. I mean, how amazing is that? This is the, 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 this, the third district that has the largest a Latino population. And so it's like a diamond in the rough. We have so much to offer and I'm glad that you're doing this, Tony. No, thank you so much. We really appreciate uniting with everybody. And we want to let people know that, of course, obviously we would have loved to have done something in person, but because of the COVID-19 shutdown, we can't. But no, no podemos desanimar. Entonces la idea es que nos unirnos, organizar algo, y seguir colaborando porque yo creo que ahora estamos familia en un año podemos hacer otro evento más grande y claro entre ahora y entonces otros proyectos uh, and Tammy say, say hi to folks too and tell give folks an insight into some of the things you're working on that we'll be talking about later well um, I used to be the president of the super neighborhood for about 14 years uh, my uh, my uh, ground touching uh, events were early in 2000 uh, where I came into the district as uh, just uh, uh, showing up for meetings and I was uh, nominated the president of the super neighborhood. I came in uh, for my first time, I was uh, felt the discrimination amongst Hispanics. Uh, so at that point I started my, um, my path to representing all Hispanics uh, and giving them a voice. Uh, over the years, you know, we've uh, brought attention to crime and to uh, a lot of things that are going on in, in our neighborhood. Uh, so it's been, it's been, a, I've been an activist for the area and I've, you know, really wanted to bring in services. I now uh, serve as a president for the Gulfton Citizens Advisory Council, which now uh, oversees the Gulfton HPD storefront and the Bay Brayburn HPD storefront. So we, uh, that is a facility that is not uh, funded by the city and it's a nonprofit that we actually fund the services that are needed, uh, materials and things like that. So we are now doing an outreach um, and our next phase is uh, domestic violence. Amongst the Hispanics, um, it has been my, um, being a survivor, uh, I've uh, ran across quite a bit of Hispanics uh, women that have needed help. And um, I used to be an apartment complex uh, manager supervisor in the area since 1992. And I was able to help some young ladies, uh, you know, out of their situation. So that is our next goal. Thanks to our commander, Ben, uh, Tan Ben. Uh, he, he actually helped uh, by trying to get us the services our police officers are now in a new Polaris, uh, thanks to our council member. And we also have a uh, bike patrol that is going through the neighborhood. So we are now doing outreach and trying to make a difference in, in our community and giving our, our, our victims a voice. That's very powerful. And thank you so much for sharing that. We look forward to hearing more about your story and teaming up with you. Y la gente que está tirando flores. I want to put on the screen. Uh, Janie Cueva, so proud of you. We love you. That's my sister. I see you. <laughs> I, thank I you, sister. You. I love you, too. Tiene mucho cariño y también 
rolling through out of saludos, but I didn't want to cover your face while you were giving us this wonderful. I'll, I'll uh, hire. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in show business before. Yeah. <laughs> been there. <laughs> That's fantastic. And again, tonight we're celebrating two of our Houston City Council districts, G and J, because every Houston City Council District is Latino, and we've got stories that must be told. We'll be talking to Veranaka Hernandez. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, Helsin uh, Lemos, who, uh, Lemos, who is a, um, an artist. We'll be talking to Elia Noah from Up Art Studio. Also, Ricardo <laughs> Vasquez. And, uh, of course, Maria Luisa Ornelas Jr. will be telling us about the Sephardic journey, the Jewish-Latino experience. And she is our community representative for G. And then, of course, we're uh, expecting also who will be dropping in is City Council Representative Edward Pollard, who's been very supportive throughout this experience, making sure that we can all team up together. And I want to put everyone on the screen just to say hi, para que no se sienten uh, solitos, para que sigan la familia. Y aquí no se... Hola. Hola. Hola, Willy. ¿Cómo estamos? ¿Qué tal? ¿Qué tal? How's it going, everyone? Hey, Elia and Noah. How y'all doing? I love Good it. Good to see you all. Doing great. It's like we're on my front porch, you all go. <laughs> so proud of you we love you that's my sister i'm mean, very proud of you our little sister oh yeah that's that's what it takes that's fantastic and then of course you don't want to wait to pull us out joyce is saying hi también and then uh, Up Art Studios in the house as well. So we'll be talking to everybody. I do want to let Sandita say goodbye only because we're, we're crowded right now, which is wonderful. And then, uh, oh, and the city councilman's there too. Oh, great. I didn't see him. He was in my lower screen. I want to bring him on screen as well. And then also Roxana, city councilman. Really a pleasure for you to join us. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Tony, thank you for having me. And uh, we had a few technical difficulties earlier, so thank you for rolling with the punches. I want to say hi to Roxana, who is our communication specialist. Really been doing a lot of work, Roxana. Thank you for, you know, rising above the technical glitches. And uh, we're going to chat with the, the city councilman. But, Sandra, we're going to see you tomorrow because yeah. you've, you've helped us get another great lineup. We have nationally published author Roberto Lovato, author of Unforgetting, joining us. Uh, Maria Duran. We have a soccer player from the Dynamo who's coming, uh, who's Colombian. We have an anchorman for Univision who's Costa Rican. So Central America presente, huh? Absolutely. So we invite you. We invite everyone to join us tomorrow. Enjoy tonight part one of District J pr uh, presentation with uh, members from our community. And we will see you tomorrow. Thank you, council member. Thank you, Tony. And thank you, Roxana and the team for putting all of this together. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. And that is Sandra Rodriguez. She is the Nuestra Palabra community representative for Jay, and she's been doing a lot of work with us. And of course, uh, you know what, too, uh, Councilman, before before we chat, I don't want I don't want uh, Tammy's family to get mad at me. Okay? <laughs> she's got a big family. So they're all giving her shout outs. Uh, Familia Strong, always. Thank you, Jamie. And then uh, Joyce is saying, thank you, Roxana, for coming by, Council Member Edward Pollard. 
Cheers <laughs> to you, Councilman and to Roxana. And then uh, Diana Martinez watching me, Prima, ML, all the way from Michigan. Oh, nice. I hear they have something called snow up there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've heard. No sé. But uh, thank you, Diana, for supporting and for getting a taste of what it's like in Houston, Texas. And then um, I'm going to ask the, the, the councilman, uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. Yours was one of the first offices to support this campaign and to get involved. Um, let me start by asking, hey, you know, um, why, why did you get involved with our campaign for the Ultimate Hispanic Heritage Runs from, from the get-go? Well, thank you for having me once again. I represent District J, and District J is actually a majority Hispanic and thought it was extremely important to uh, recognize Hispanic Heritage Month and all of the contributions of the Hispanic community. Um, when you think of the Hispanic community, you think about the art, the culture, you think about family, you think about what family represents. Family represents uh, community and sticking together. And uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, I acknowledge and recognize the contributions of the Hispanic community, and I'm glad to be here to, to support and recognize Hispanic Heritage Month. Fantastic, and actually, there's a few bits of news that we'd like to cover because we're very excited that you were among the city council members that voted to name Indigenous Peoples Day, which is a really big deal. So first of all, we applaud you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, so, so why did you vote for Indigenous Peoples Day? because it, it, it truly uh, really reflects the actual history that we really need to teach and educate others about. Uh, when you think about Columbus Day and growing up here in the public school system, you never, you never thought that could be an alternative to Columbus Day. You were, and you were told that you know, Columbus is the one who founded um, America and you, you had to go through the routine of singing the song in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean. <laughs> but, but, as we got older and were able to start uh, learning more and being educated more on the actual foundation and inception, it was a complete <laughs> different story than what we learned in school. And so over the past several years, even before I became a council member, you had uh, people who would come forth and talk about Indigenous Peoples Day and why it was so important and why city councils should uh, vote to recognize it. And after um, a lot of support, a lot of effort, a lot of years and a lot of time, uh, finally this year, this council was able to do it. And I want to say thank you to all the Houstonians who put forth a lot of effort over the past several years and bringing this to our attention so that we could uh, pay proper recogni uh, recognition. No, that, that is fantastic forward thinking. And I think, you know, I, I think sometimes our community we, we might speak up when there's a crisis, but we should be used to coming and, and, you know, breaking bread, chatting so that we can have more collaborations like that long-term. And this is very forward thinking. So uh, thank you so much for, for implementing that. I think it's gonna have a big impact on curriculum and how our community feels. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, education is emancipation, knowledge is power, but you, you need to have the proper education and um, a lot of times especially as minorities uh, we weren't in positions to have a platform to speak out on what we believe to to be mm -hmm. and 
and now that we're in now that we're in positions uh, where we do have a platform, uh, representation matters, and that's why we speak up when we know that we need to uh, re-educate um, society on things that actually happen, especially when it pertains to our backgrounds and our community. So uh, I was I was very proud to be a part of that vote. Oh man, that that's excellent. That's fantastic. We appreciate that because. Additionally, there's there's more news to share. Uh, tomorrow we will be sharing the recipients. I'm on, I'm proud to be on the mayor's Hispanic advisory board, so we've got some of his award nominees. We'll announce that tomorrow. But I also understand that yesterday, the city council also voted to name Lulac Council 60 House a landmark. And this is so important because Lulac Council 60 has been involved in some of the important civil rights. Yeah. Tell us more about that, please. So uh, that was incredible, and I'm glad we're able to do that. I believe that Clubhouse may be the only um, club host, clubhouse existing in the nation uh, with LULAC. And I even learned something yesterday that that particular chapter was the first LULAC chapter that actually got a meeting uh, with a former president. Mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the efforts and contributions of, of LULAC through the years uh, now will will go on forever and be cemented uh, being a uh, a landmark. And so I was happy to see that and happy to be a part of that vote as well. Fantastic. And folks can actually go to the house there. It's in the in the midtown area. Yeah. And you know, like you said, a lot of our community doesn't even know that history as well. So it's fantastic that that'll be preserved. I'm happily I'm happy to be a member of Lula Council City. Shout out to President Al Castillo who's been, you know, working hard and, and all the members as well. So, so, uh, you know, thank you for, for cementing that because it mean it means a lot. I, I'm sure you know that, but I want to make sure that, you know, our community understands that we have a champion in you and they need to know what a big deal that was. So yeah, but it, and it goes back to even how we were discussing, um, um, indigenous people's day, um, with, with that LULAC chapter and the, and the clubhouse being a landmark, you're gonna have a designation there uh, forever. And so people are gonna be able to uh, learn that history and pass that history on so that that history and the contributions of so many that have come before us uh, will continue to live. Fantastic. And we've got some, uh, Roland saying thank you, um, Mr. Council Member uh, Edward Pollard for your support, voting in favor to clean the daring ditch. Let's get real. We're getting down to brass tacks. Tell us about that, Councilman. Yeah, so that that was a that's an area in District J has that has been uh, long neglected, and um, um, supporters and advocates like Roland uh, have brought that to our attention to make sure that we prioritize cleaning up those ditches. And so, with a collaboration between uh, the District J office, the City of Houston, and the County, we were able to clean that ditch to make sure. Uh, that is a safe space for people to walk by because this particular ditch, a lot of people who live in the apartments in the in the St. George area of our district, they are walking uh, a, a trail along that ditch to get to Pilgrim Elementary and to Wisdom High School. And so we want to make sure that it's as safe as possible. And we're actually uh, in the uh, works of putting a, a, uh, a cement trail there so it would be even more safe with some guardrails. So, um, it, it's efforts and collaborations uh, that start at a grassroots level with people like Roland um, and others who take an appreciation for their community 
reach out to us and, and tell us ways in which they want us to improve it. And then we work collaboratively together to make it happen. That's fantastic. And again, the message here is it can be something long-term like landmarks. It can be something uh, lofty and visionary like art, but it can be something real life like ditches. I mean, that's the real deal because it affects people on a daily basis. Um, yeah, it's all about impacting lives. You know, uh, we have been elected to represent people and that's going to come in a, a variety of different ways. And when your constituents reach out and they're passionate about a certain issue, uh, we represent them and works for them. So we want to find ways to improve their quality of life in their neighborhoods in a variety of ways. That's fantastic. Well, we're going to give some shout outs here. Uh, great job from all the Salinas family. Fantastic. And then uh, we're, let's see, we got another wonderful message. We're so proud of your involvement to help so many people. You have a heart of gold. Wow. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Janie. And, uh, from the Beltrans, the Beltrans are also uh, lauding you. And of course, uh, they're also giving a shout out to Tammy. I want to bring in a couple other folks to say hi. Oh, sorry. Keep up the great job. <laughs> Keep up the great job. Excellent. want to make sure that uh, folks have their voices shared. And we're going to bring in two more folks just to say hi. Uh, Maria Duran and Veronica Hernandez, also champions uh, for the community. And uh, of course, Maria is the director of the Central American Collective. She's helping us come up with the lineup for tomorrow because like we said earlier, yo, Jay, una abundancia de talento in Jay. We can't be limited to one night. For sure. Uh, not for Jay. That's right. <laughs> and then, of course, Veronica, our dear friend who, Veronica, she, she, she was hitting me up on social media saying, yo, you better represent Jay thoroughly. I'm like, understood. Understood. <laughs> so, uh, Maria, give us a preview of tomorrow. Hi. Um, no, thank you so much for for the opportunity. We're really excited because uh, you know, um, in uh, District J, we just have so so much talent, just so so much um, so much tanta cultura, and uh, you know, my my Central American brothers and sisters um, heavily represent there. So we were going to have. Um, we're going to have a Garifuna artist. Um, her name is Celia Guevara. Uh, she resides here in, in uh, Houston from Honduras. She does some amazing um, art. Uh, so we're going to have her uh, as part of the lineup. And then, um, I mean, I come from a soccer background, um, professional sports. And so the Houston Dynamo will also be representing uh, with Darwin Seren, who is a fellow Salvadoran um, soccer player who also plays for the for the Salvadoran national team. Um, so he'll be on, um, he'll, he'll be live as well. And so this is, it's really exciting to be able to, um, to feature just the, the, the diversity of, um, you know, of our community and, um, and just, uh, you know, showcase the, the, you know, that we have, um, we're in different spaces. We're in art, we're in professional sports, um, you know, we're community leaders and, you know, Tony, this is, just such a great opportunity to be able to, to showcase that, and just really want to thank you for uh, for bringing it all bringing it all together. No, no, our, our pleasure para traer nuestro granito de arena, and it's it's wonderful that we've been all been holding it down. Now it's time to to unite. And you mentioned too that there is now this new campaign called Teach Central America, and Roberto Lovato tomorrow. He's too because there's not enough Salvadoran authors 
who are nationally published. But that book's going to go in the classroom. Just like we were talking earlier with the city councilman, we got to teach the history. Live it, but teach it. And tomorrow, one of those offices is coming. So, so thank you for all that you're doing. No, yeah, thank you, uh, Maria, for, for all of that. I think when you think about um, people in different spaces, what we really want to do is highlight all the contributions. You know, we have a lot of talent, but we need to make sure that people have exposure um, so that people can experience all of the different contributions uh, from the Hispanic community. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow's lineup. Sígala, 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 sígala.